Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast, the Tottenham Hotspur theme show brought to you by a team of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. There is a somber mood in the studio today and we are actually recording this on the Saturday so it's all very fresh. We are examining the Spurs Arsenal game at the Emirates, the 3-1 defeat for the second season running and of course we're rather sad after what was a quite uninspiring performance in the end and, and one that's left us a little bits worse for wear but we're going to dissect it and look back on it as much as we can and of course we're going to look forward to the Frankfurt game the Bryson game coming up and to help me look back on a disappointing result is of course Elio and Dave I'll go to you Elio first Elio welcome we're just saying it's not often that we record this quickly after a game so it's all very fresh has the dust settled a bit are you feeling a little bit more relaxed are you uh, full time or uh, are you are you still Um... in a rage what are your emotions pre- right now? I was pretty relaxed at full time because I barely paid attention to the last half hour of the game. <laughs> the game was um, over, wasn't it? It was over on the 66th minute or whatever yeah. it was that Jack's goal went in. And I had fully intended, actually, because of the magnitude of the game, to do a write-up of the match for once. Um, <laughs> but I have decided against this now, wasting <laughs> the one, two, three, four, five, six pages of notes that I have written, the very last of which yeah. is six. 66 dot dot game over Xhaka yeah fair enough I mean to be honest I'm the same as you know I do occasionally make notes as we're watching games and I did make some very extensive notes for the first sort of 10 minutes thinking I was being really clever and then just slowly lost faith in caring about the game and pretty much the final nail in the coffin was that red card of course and we'll get on to talk about that we'll talk about whether it was a red card a bit of a talking point there Dave welcome back for another episode how are you feeling about Spurs Arsenal do you enjoy watching us lose do you enjoy seeing us in this much pain or uh, was there a part of you hoping we'd get a result I wanted you guys to get a result. You're my friends, and I want my friends to be happy. Uh, I want to believe uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I, 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 I really I'm do. Not, well, you know how I feel about Arteta. I think he's a he, he's not. Mm, well, he doesn't fraud. deserve the plaudits that he's probably going to get for you guys having a bit of a howler yeah. at the start of the second half and at the start of the first. Yeah, half, and that to makes be it all the more annoying. So yeah, I feel for you guys. It was a tough watch in the second half. <laughs> it certainly was. I, I won't argue with that. Elio, talk me through the game. What happened? What went wrong? Just talk me through well, start to finish. What happened today? Start to finish. Well, once again, good thing I've got six pages worth of notes about the game that I'm not going to use now. But <laughs> yeah, I'm going to log Let's off. Lean back and relax. Pour a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> we started slow as we often do, mm-hmm. but not actually conceding any chances as we often do. So there is obviously a bit of a design to it, and it's it showed in our stats so far this season. It showed in our stats from the first half, where I imagine we got to half time with at least even if not slightly better XG than Arsenal had. We were playing with breaks quite a bit and and very much looking to use that counter, but our final pass let us down a few times. Mm. Um, I actually think that Arteta did do something good tactically, unfortunately, which helped our final pass mm. deteriorate. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Yep. But Arsenal, to take the lead, had to score an absolute screamer. And it was an absolute scream. It was yeah. a great goal. I, I'm not sure if it counts as Thunderbaster territory no. or not. I don't know if it was still rising as it hit it. Dave, the it, authority it a... on Thunderbusters? Is that no, is no, no from you? Definitely not. No. I, I, I think anything that moves apart from the Roberto Carlos free kick in the tournament, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I think anything that moves like that can't be considered as a Thunderbaster. Either way, it was an exceptional strike. Goalkeeper didn't have a chance. You do think to yourself, why did he have the space to do it? But sometimes you're just going to say, 
amazing goal from a player who had a very good game as well yeah. and it Wh- was while um, you were talking Elio I, I went ahead and looked on the XG Philosophies Twitter to see if I could find our XG and it's just shown that Partey's goal was from a 0.03 XG chance so mm-hmm. that tells you all you need to know bit of a Absolutely. blast from nowhere and Loris very rarely gets beaten from long shots because I mean you know what his reflexes tend to be like from yeah. from two yards away, never mind 20. So, so he very rarely gets beaten like that. And it, it was a really hard one to take. But we got back in by the time we equalised. I think we deserved it, if for no other reason than we'd only really been let down by the final pass, including in the build-up to that penalty. Um, mm. It had was a great run up the pitch by Son with some lovely play from Kane, but obviously the final pass sent Richarlison a bit too wide. A lot of our final passes sent people too wide today. It was happening all day. It's like we just yeah, didn't want to that. pass between the sticks. It was ridiculous. But Richarlison we did, did very well. Yeah. And then got to the final ball and it was an easy pass. Yeah, Absolutely. And I know sometimes it sounds like I love to have a pop at Son. I, I, I love Son. He's one of my favourite players ever. But at the same same time 30 years old one of the top players in the league captain of his country exceptional footballer he should know how to pass the ball into space by now when mm-hmm. he's been playing at the very highest level for as long as he has so it, it, it is yeah. a bit frustrating but we deserved our equalizer we deserve to be one on one half time as far as i'm concerned and and then when we come out we do exactly what we did in the first half and mm. we just back off we invite them onto us and we ask for trouble and i think the problem with a relatively passive style of football. And I don't think we play bad football. I don't think it's Mourinho football. There's no sort of one tactic or bust. We do very much have variation and good passing moves in our attacks, which is why we do tend to create better chances than the opposition do in most games. But when you do play passive style against a team that does have a number of good players, number one, players like party score screamers from time to time. But number two, Mm. you end up making mistakes. And that's exactly what happens. Once again, a long shot, something that Lloris should have dealt with really, really easily. He wasn't unsighted in the slightest. And he just spilt it straight into the path of their main striker. I mean... Gabriel Mm. Jesus is a good player. I don't quite buy into the hype surrounding him at the moment, but he is a good player and he's going to mop that up every time and he absolutely did. Yeah. So yeah, really, really, really tough pill to swallow and it was just all downhill after that. I mean, Mm. the moment that happened, there was a bit of a chaos about our players, a bit desperate to, oh, we've got to get back into it again. We ended up sort of giving away sloppy passes. We ended up inviting attacks that we weren't previously attacking and Emerson ends up on the back foot and sadly Emerson is not a particular good footballer so mm. he made a silly mistake I still feel and I know the commentators were all over it um, yeah we'll, we'll get on to that absolutely screaming bloody murder but I don't feel it was a fair decision but it happens and after that it was game over I mean the Jack goal or it could have been anyone else was inevitable and in the end yeah. the team that played better did win but I really think our captain has to hold his hands up on that one and say that he really undid any momentum we had and gave it all to them at a point when we should have been looking to take the ball by the horns it's a tough one to take I think it's always a tough one to take if you lose to Arsenal but I think the way we play football this season it's been quite a big talking point in general hasn't it because mm. it's hard to defend when it goes wrong Because when we don't have a lot of the ball and it's not pretty, it's easy to lose patience. Whereas when you're winning, fine, great, get the results and whatever. And I think people who understand football enough recognize that it probably deserves a bit more plaudits than I think some casual fans might think. They are Spurs getting lucky or they're playing on the counter or whatever. You Mm -hmm. might not see what's happening if you look closer. But 
Dave, do you think Spurs played decent football today specifically, but just generally? I mean, when you watch us, do you get bored? Do you think this team's rubbish? They're overperforming. They're riding their luck. This isn't sustainable. Or do you think that there's a method to the madness? It looks like we know what we're doing and that's all part of the plan. I think you are a team that has the capability and also is obviously being trained and drilled in this fast kind of counter-attack, quick passing movements. There was a phase, I think it was near to half time. It was when you were on top after you'd scored yeah. the goal at uh, the penalty, which was definitely a penalty. And I think it was like a, not one touch, but very quick interplay triangles mm. all the way out from the back, all the way through. And then Son, all Son needed to do was play that final ball through to Kane, who was running through. And it had been a yeah. brilliant team goal. And I think ultimately your team has the skill set and your team has the ability to be able to do that on a regular basis. And for that reason, mm. that makes sense that that is the way that you want to play. Yes, yeah. it does mean that you are conceding the ball and you are conceding potentially early pressure, which is exactly what's happened in the, in the first half and then the second half again in this game. But it proved the point in the first half because in the first half, you weathered a large percentage of that storm. You were, you were flattered mm. at 1-0 uh, after 25 minutes. But then... You got into the game, you got the chance, you got the penalty, you scored the penalty, and then it was Tottenham's game. I we thought. woke up, yeah. yeah we, I thought we it was your game, that point. quite frankly, mm. uh, after that. And I said I said at half-time on the chat, I said, Artest is going to have to say something really great at half-time, and I don't think he can do that for Arsenal to essentially reset and reboot what's happened in the start of the first half. But obviously... I wasn't mm. counting on Hugo to do that. Yeah, it's hard to legislate against that. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's a hard one to take, not just because it's Arsenal, but because of the nature of the goals. You can talk about the balance of play. You talk about the possession. You can talk about the territory. You can talk about the field tilt. But ultimately, when really you look at the goals means. themselves, you know, let's not get into it. Elio will walk off. But if you look at the goals themselves, we already mentioned there's a long-range screamer. Not really a huge amount you can do about that. Maybe you can close him down. Hugo makes a bit of a blunder. He's got those in him every so often, unfortunately. But you can't really blame the way we played for that necessarily and then of course the final goal as we said it was kind of over the red card had come Elio do you think we were hard done by today or do you think on balance Arsenal actually did deserve the win and we'll talk about the individual goals and the incidents and everything it, in a moment but just generally I mean they deserve the win because over 90 minutes they were the better team mm. but up until the moment that Lloris made the blunder that he made they weren't the better team at that point that, yeah. like, I mean it was straight after half time wasn't it and up until half time like I said, we, we deserve to be where we were in the game. So it's really hard to analyse. I mean, from a tactical perspective, I'm not here sat thinking, oh, our manager has just been outdone by a rookie Lego man at all. No. I'm not here sort of worried about that. I'm just more concerned, I guess, about the fact that we did allow that mistake to happen. That is that maybe something we've had coming to us because of the way we play. Mm. Um, there's an argument for that. We've not had the mistakes seeping in. We've not had the kind of screamers going or anything like that. So maybe it yeah, was coming. We but owed one, yeah. Then, yeah. But then on the other side of things, why did we lose our heads and get chaotic mm. straight afterwards? I mean, you got to wonder if the players actually were a bit too pumped up today, which one of Conte's big sort of trump cards is the way he revs players up. Maybe they were a bit too revved up and emotion got the better of them. I mean, big atmosphere, Arsenal's cup final. You yeah. never know. Yeah, fair enough. As for the goals, and we talked about the first one, equaliser, pretty clear penalty. Dave, any arguments for that? You think that was a fair penalty? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I said it at the TV as soon as he said it. I was like Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, in, uh, in that film. Uh, when he just pointed at the TV, he said, yep, yeah, that's a penalty. 
yeah, no arguments. Richarlison was absolutely yeah. flawed. Yeah, fair enough. Not, not too much to say about that one. And obviously, the goal was a bit unfortunate. But at that point, did you think Arsenal were the favourites when the goal went in? Obviously, I know that we could, we'd sort of turned things around. But by the time they scored it, where did you see that game going? The second goal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I've got to tell you guys, I wasn't at my house for the start of the second half. So it might actually have oh, been my fault. Oh, here we go, Dave. It's only uh, our biggest game of the season. I, I, I had to run to the shops to get some oat milk. You know, standard thing. I'm not sure I can accept that as an excuse. Standard thing that you have to yeah. do at halftime in a football game. So I'd been paying attention and watching whilst you, well, you didn't start well, but whilst you've been in the ascendancy in the end of the first half. And I thought, Spurs have got this. And I was texting you guys saying, yep, yeah, it's all it's all Spurs. Yep, yeah, yours to lose now. Yeah. Uh, and then the next thing I know, there's a barrage of texts on the group chat. <laughs> you don't have to watch, do you? Like, you just you see, go, you see the anger doing? spilling like, in. Oh, right, okay, yeah. cool. I'll be home in three minutes. Walked in, turned my TV back on, and Emerson got sent off. First yeah, thing I well, we'll get on to that in a second. I mean, uh, my point is, at halftime, I was actually weirdly quite confident. I thought, okay, we've got away with one a little bit. We got back via a penalty. But then as soon as we scored the penalty, we, we really did step it up. We looked like yep. we were actually going to get better and better from there on. We thought, right, this is our game. Arsenal looked like they'd been shaken by our equaliser. Suddenly, when we attacked, we looked more dangerous than they'd looked up at any point. I mean, obviously, yeah, I know yep. they had a couple of chances. I think Martinelli hit the post from a bit of an angle. Gabriel Jesus had a really lovely run and it was actually a really good save from Hugo to his credit but I think when we attacked even though it was only a couple of times we actually attacked compared to the amount of time they spent hovering around our box we looked like the more dangerous team we looked like the ones that were more likely to score so yeah it just makes it even more difficult to take when the goal kind of came against the run of play mm, yeah agreed I feel yeah. like there was always at least at least a defender if not more than one defender between Arsenal's attacking football and mm. your goal Whereas yeah. when you guys were looking to play that final ball, you were carving them open. Like if those final balls yeah. had gone through in the, uh, the you know in the second half of the first half, then you could yeah. probably put two away because ultimately you know you're putting the three ball through for mm. Kane, for Richarlison, for Son. I challenge anyone to bet against them when they're through on the keeper. <laughs> quite frankly, um, mm. so so yeah, it's a. It, yeah. It, it, I think that was the major difference in terms of the chances that were being had, certainly mm. in the first half, then obviously it all changed in the second. Sure. Elio, you mentioned earlier you felt that Arteta, to his credit, actually did something to stop us getting that final ball away. Was it as simple as just playing William Saliba? Because he had a hell of a game, looked very impressive as he has <laughs> done all season, or was there more to it than that? Saliba did have a hell of a game. He's clearly a very, mm. very good young centre-back. He's going to be great for Manchester City next season. <laughs> but I am... Um... I think heard it here first. I think they quite deliberately made sure that they pressed on Kane before he received the ball at any point because yeah. they would much rather have Son or Richardson trying to put the slower Kane through than Kane trying to put the quicker Son or Richardson through with his far superior passing. So yeah. I think it was a case of well, we can't stop all three of them all the time, so we're going to stop the one that we definitely don't want passing and rely on the fact that the other two are a little bit erratic with their passing and the fact that Kane isn't as quick as the other two. I think it it sounds really simple in theory, but obviously you need players to play very, very well to do that. And I can't remember a time in the game when when Saliba wasn't right up Kane's arse, to tell you the truth, or Mm. or Gabriel. They did it really, really well. Um, I don't think Kane's been playing particularly brilliant this season, but he keeps scoring goals, so you can forgive him that. But at the same time... He seems to have been found out a little bit there. And yeah. and I think we need to maybe vary things a little bit more than we were yeah. today. I, I the think, Harry Kane I team. Think Arteta did well, some might say. Well, 
I wouldn't say that, but um, I I do think that ultimately Mm. some sides will be able to... Yeah, it's easier said than done, isn't it? If it was as simple as just take Kane out of the game or take Messi out of the game or take De Bruyne out of the game, you know, football isn't that simple. You can try, but you need the players and the tactics to do it effectively. And Arsenal have good players. They've got two good mm. centre-backs. They've got a very, very capable midfield marshal in Thomas Partey. And yeah, um, yeah we were uh, undone by it. Did we miss Kulusevski? Yes. <laughs> Simply. He's <laughs> our, by far our most sort of heads-up player at the club. Mm. He's the one that can actually create. And he's got such a sweet cross and pass on him. And Kulusevski on the pitch means you're not relying on Kane to do everything. Yeah. Kulusevski off the pitch means that Kane has to play two roles in one and unfortunately teams know that yeah let's talk about the red card shall we because we've mentioned it a couple of times and it's uh, I think a fairly contentious point I think Dave this episode is an example of where we probably need you more than ever because it's very hard to be impartial when it comes to Spurs particularly when we play against Arsenal particularly when we've lost so I feel like we need you to be the impartial (laughs) judge here We've made no secret in our group chat that we all thought it was at best a soft red card. I can see why the referee has given it, but what are your thoughts on it? Before Dave goes in, because I'd rather give him ammunition to tear. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I prefer it this way. Go on, Elio. Let's hear your assessment. I think it's a slow motion red card. Okay. I think you've got two guys running up there very fastest there. One's quicker than the other. He's getting away from the other. And I don't think Emerson... I mean, how could you in that split second actively think, oh, I'm going to put my studs into the back of this guy's Achilles. I think he's just taking a swipe to stop the attack. Cynical foul, whatever you want to call it, would usually be a yellow card if it gets away. And at that pace, his studs did go into the back of the guy's leg. It wasn't a rake down the shin. If it had been, then Martinelli would be far worse hurt than he was. Though, obviously, his rolling and screaming suggested he was far (laughs) worse hurt than he was. He's been learning from Neymar on international duty. Yeah, quite. But does he play for Brazil? I don't think think any Arsenal players play for Brazil. Their first first choice Brazilians behind our fourth choice um, striker. What a trophy. Continue. Yeah, what a trophy. But um, (laughs) but yeah, I think it's slow motion red. I think in real time, it's just a little bit clumsy. And I can see why it's given because a split second difference and you could look at someone with snapped Achilles there, but there wasn't that split second difference. I don't think there was any malice. And I think we see far worse challenges let go. And I think there's very much a bias towards certain teams where those challenges are let go. For instance, do you remember the Van Dyke one against Everton the other day, which was actually a full on stab into someone's shin a lot higher and not running at pace, just a complete lunge. This I thought was clumsy and I thought could have been dealt with with a yellow. I think the ref let the occasion get to him. We won't talk about Romero pulling Cucurella's hair this week then. I take it. We'll leave that one. <laughs> Judge Dave, what do you have to say on the matter? Um, I'm not disagreeing with anything that Elia is saying, to be honest. Ultimately, this boils down to the conversation we have every week about consistency. If mm. that always was a red card and we knew it was a soft yeah. red card, but we knew it was always going to be a red card, then there wouldn't be a problem. The problem yeah. is that we will see that another three times, probably three times on the Manchester derby tomorrow. And nobody <laughs> and will get even probably yeah. even a yellow. And the problem is that, is the fact that it's, it's completely inconsistent. I think by the letter of the law, yeah, it's probably a red card because it would be defined as studs up because the studs were showing and it, it hit yeah. something that isn't someone's foot. It was in the air. You could argue it was uncontrolled. So 
yeah, by that definition, it makes sense for it to be a red card. I understand where Elliot is coming from, though, because, yeah, you have to factor in yeah. the occasion. You have to factor in the situation in the game as well. But also, you know, what the hell is Emerson doing trying to even do anything like that? Yeah, that, that's another while, matter while, while Martinel yeah, is running back clumsy. to his goal line. You know, it, it, it seems like a foolish, yeah. a foolish thing to do. And maybe he was punished for something that, quite frankly, he shouldn't have done in the first place. But... That's mm. not how red cards work. Uh, they should be based on uh, on the foul, not the situation and the and the idiot level of the player. So it's a strange yeah. one, but um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think I think I'm I think I'm with Elliot to, for for a large percentage of that. Mm. I think no VAR in play and ref having a clear view of it as opposed to an obstructed view. So let's go three years ago, but the ref isn't unfit and actually sees the challenge happening. I don't think it's ever a red card. Yeah. I, I think, like I said, it's a slow motion red. And Where was the ref? Football's not played in slow motion. Where pump. was the ref at the point of the challenge? I, I don't... Sitting I'm, down, I'm not as a keen watcher as you. I didn't see where the ref was. Was he? <laughs> was he quite far away? I don't know where he was at that moment, but I am currently looking at a shot of the foul itself from in front of Martinelli with Emerson behind. Linesman you must have been nearby at least. Going in, you can see Hoybier behind, and there is no ref in shot there. So the ref was not within ten yards of play at that point, yeah. and that wouldn't have been able to see mm. it clearly with Hoybjerg in the way anyway. It's almost like the handball rule being extended to red cards, isn't it? Because it's just like a strict liability thing. It's just like, yep, his studs technically touch the other guy's leg, therefore it's a studs-up challenge. But I don't think that's the spirit of that rule. Like, yeah, I know that's your kind of quintessential red card challenge if you go in with your studs and it's uncontrolled. But uncontrolled, I mean, every tackle, studs. every foul is uncontrolled. Otherwise, they'd win the ball. They wouldn't foul. That's the, you know, it's not, you can't say that's a red card. Slower. Yeah. If he's one second slower or Martinelli's one second quicker, and I won't get into conspiracy <laughs> theories about Martinelli leaving his leg trailing, uh, but if he's one second slower or Martinelli's one second quicker, his studs plant firmly into the grass and go nowhere near Martinelli. Yeah. I mean, your foot lifts up when you run and goes back down when you move. Like, it, I don't think there was any malice. I think that it was a desperate attempt to stop an attack mm. and... It got mistimed and he got outdone by the quicker yeah. guy. Can't that argue. said, I'm not sorry that I'm going to have three matches worth of Mel Emerson. Wow. I'm fed yeah. up with him. I was just about to read a tweet out from BLTHFC on Twitter. No Emerson for three games is better than the three points. Maybe a little bit mm. harsh, but uh, I think he's not alone in thinking that, certainly. And I do slightly feel a bit sorry for Emerson because he's one of those players you want to succeed. And, and look, he's not been great and he wasn't great today, but I, I actually thought he defended fairly well and he did his job for the most part, or at least half of his job for the most part, quite well. And I feel a bit bad that once again, he is going to be the scapegoat for something that probably he didn't deserve. How do you think he did today on the whole, Elio? I mean, like you said, okay, defensively, yeah. which is... It's the same story as always. A right back in a flat back four, but yeah. he's he's a wing back with a very capable right centre back to do his defending for him. And Romero, mm. he he's just not suited to it. It's not his fault. He was signed for a different manager, yeah. a different system. Yeah. But he's just not suited to it. But same old story. I'm not going to scapegoat him because a lot of players were poor today. I didn't think Perisic was up to much on the other side. I think both our midfielders had... Their nice moments, but also had their fair share of sloppiness about them. I think both Kane and Son were again not where you want them to be for for this kind of game. I, I just think that really it wasn't good enough in a lot of aspects. That said, I still don't think we were playing worse than them until 
the Lloris spill. Obviously, if we're going to scapegoat anyone, I'm more inclined to scapegoat Lloris, but I don't want to scapegoat anyone. No. We lost as a team. Maybe scapegoat is not the right word, but I did put out a poll to ask who is most at fault for that result, and I gave the options of Conte, Emerson, referee and Loris and that was the order of the results Conte got the most votes I think people blaming him potentially for playing Emerson in no small part um, and then Emerson then the ref then not many people said Hugo speaking of containers decisions I know you said before the match Elio that this isn't the time to experiment to try out a 3-5-2 is now the time going into our next game do you think um, that today was an example of maybe a 3-5-2 might have worked given that Obviously, what we did didn't quite pan out. I think it just, you have to look at the players we have available. And the 3 5 2 looked good against a tired Leicester team who yeah. were chasing the game. It wasn't nil nil away to the team at the top of the table with you wanting to win that match mm. desperately. And I, I just think I don't look at our squad and see the players to have a balanced three man midfield. I wish we did because I far prefer three men in midfield to two men in midfield. Yeah. But I feel like Basuma, Benson, Curran, Hoybier is a midfield that will not get the ball forward particularly brilliantly. Maybe, maybe with all three of them there, actually two for insurance means that one will always take more of a risk and be better with yeah. passing Hoybier for instance we know has a bit of a through ball and him and a half decent slide will pass Benton is quite good at running forwards with the ball Basuma showed at Brighton that he's obviously a very capable pressure resistant player however I just I don't feel that comfortable about the blends um and we're about to chip smash and jacket again aren't we that old metaphor <laughs> exactly. so too much uh, of the same and I think what I'd say is if we're going to play three at the back then a three in midfield would have to have someone who was a bit more of a number 10 than yeah. these uh, these guys are. They could use an Erdegaard, we someone exactly, like that. Exactly, an Erdegaard or, yeah. or, or whatever. But I think if we were to play three in midfield, then I'd want someone sacrificed from the defence, not the attack. I, I, mm. I, I just think all our creativity comes from the front three, really. And I, I don't think we'd be helping ourselves if we sacrificed one of those front three players to mm. play the three, five, two, unless... Like I've said before, one of those front three players could be the player that drops into the midfield three. That said, wow. I, I do think we're probably getting closer to seeing it because Conte's not stupid. He must see that we're not controlling games the way he would like. So he may be working on something in training until yeah. he's at such a point where he feels confident to release it. Obviously, Skip's come on and played pretty well when he came on today. I yeah. thought he had a good international good break with England under-21s as well. So if he's back to full fitness, then Conte may be a bit more confident to think, okay, I've still got a solid midfielder on the bench, so let's start with three in the middle. But I don't know. I'm just not comfortable about it at this point. Mm. Um, the 3-4-3 has taken us to 13 league games unbeaten before, or was today the 13th? Was it 12 league games unbeaten before? for yeah. this loss so so I don't want to tear up the blueprint just because we've had a bad result today Incidentally you would be in the minority among our followers on Twitter 78% said they would like to see a 3-5-2 in the next match but who knows maybe that's just a case of anything different please would be nice So I take it 75% wants Kulusevsky who's well our most creative and arguably uh, maybe they want maybe they want a piece of, of uh, what we saw at Leicester at the end who knows was um, there an option in your I guess for 5-3-1 no Dave there wasn't no there wasn't. <laughs> I tried to keep it simple I didn't want I to mean, confuse people too I mean, much is that, is that what you'd go with kept it tight at the back if this was football manager and suddenly Conte just resigned to go off to Juventus as we're led to understand that he could do at any given moment you're offered the Spurs job you come in what formation are you putting together well, how would you go me, from here let me ask you this question Dags how many goals did you concede when you played five? Three, one. When do we play? 
for the last 20 minutes. Oh, right. Today, yeah. After our five substitutions. Zero is the answer. Oh, okay. Shut up, shop. In all seriousness, <laughs> with Emerson now suspended for at least a few games, who comes in for him? Who do you think will come in for him and who do you want to see? I mean, it's going to be Doherty mm. and... Much as I'm excited about Spence and want to see Spence get games, yeah. I do think that you have to be realistic here. Doherty's the experienced player who was playing well before he got injured last season. Yeah. It's going to be him. Hopefully, Kulusevski gets fit quickly because the two of them actually have quite a nice partnership. But I have a feeling that Doherty will come in. He'll play all three league games. I think we might have a League Cup game in there as well. I don't think red cards carry over to cup matches anymore the way they used to. I might be wrong on Uh, that. But that's against Arsenal anyway, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But I I predict that after this run of games that Emerson is suspended for, Doherty will still be the starting right back. Doherty must be licking his lips a little bit. It must it's it's obviously I'm sure footballers don't want to wish ill on their fellow professionals, but there must be a part of them thinking, right. I can show what I can do here. This is my chance. I'm going to pick up where I left off from before my injury. Uh, And I I get the impression that most Spurs fans would like to see here in the team. How do you think our play style, how do you think we will change with Doherty in the team over Emerson? We'll be less predictable because we'll be able to attack down the right flank as well. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> let's see. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, look, I know we didn't want to talk about it for too long, but it, it is worth dwelling on a little bit because obviously it's a big game and it's a big loss. We had the exact same fixture last year. We lost 3-1 in that game at the Emirates last year and the first half of the season. We all know how the season turned out. So obviously it's not all doom and gloom yet, but how are you feeling in general on reflection, looking at the league table, thinking about how we played, how we played so far and how everything's shaping up? Um. In terms of how we're playing, we're not playing brilliantly. In terms of how things are shaping up, we're third in the league. Even teams with games in hand can't catch us. Or Manchester United, if they win their two games in hand, will overtake us. They'd have to beat Manchester City for a start to do that. And so Leeds. not too worried. And Leeds, which obviously will not happen. No. So you've got to be confident in terms of where we are. Obviously, we're a bit flat right now, but the football season is 38 games and we've played eight. Um mm. We're fine. We need to improve, and I think we will. We have the players for it. We have the manager for it. And of course, as you rightly said, it had been 13 games in the Premier League since we'd lost, which is quite impressive. And the last time we lost was the 16th of April. And can either of you tell me who we lost to on that day? Brighton. Well done, Dave. It was Brighton, our next Premier League opponents who are in very good form. And we're going to talk about that upcoming game in just a moment. But obviously, we do have another game before that in the Champions League, which is suddenly quite a big one. Before I move on to that, though, any closing thoughts from either of you on the Arsenal game? I mean, I think we all want to put it behind us and forget about it. But anything you wanted to add before we talk about the Champions League? Just a comment on your tone, Dags. I feel like your Mm. tone's changed. I mean, anybody think yeah. the Queen had died or something. You Am know, I a bit sad? Like, you know, <laughs> do, I, do I sound a bit somber? You've gone full Hugh Edwards on me. <laughs> I mean, it is it is a time of mourning for Spurs it's all, fans. Let's so, yeah. all cheer up, yeah? You know, you lost yeah? the game. Okay, I'll tell you what, Dave. I'll spin that around on you. Cheer us up. Tell us you why played, we should be played, cheerful. You've played eight games so far this season, and that was your first loss. Yeah, but it's the one we didn't want to lose oh, above whatever. all of the others. Stretch that out over the entire season. What's that? Five mm. defeats in the whole season? take it put it this way it's going to be all the the sweeter when we beat them at home and then we finish above them again yeah right challenges on you guys now you need to go another 13 unbeaten which you could easily do yeah fair enough Elio we're going to go another 13 unbeaten at least um we don't have Emerson in the next three so that's a good start (laughs) (laughs) poor Emerson I don't feel good about that that was a cheap shot 
I think we will be fine. Good. But Good. If you look I need to hear you fixtures in the coming in the coming month, and there's a lot of them. The biggest negative is that there's a lot of them. But you know, yeah, I don't see anything in that that should be anywhere near frightening. I mean, yeah, you're away at scum, but you know, they're not all that. You know, they won what they won player of the seat, player of the month, and manager of the month. <laughs> By default, I'm skeptical because you said you said the same thing about Arsenal, so I'm not sure I want to believe you anymore. But well, you know, you Brighton, Brighton away, Everton at home. I mean, the fact that they're still looking for a manager is crazy. Uh, away at Man United, <laughs> home to Newcastle, and then away at Bournemouth. I mean, there's there's plenty of points for you there. Poor Frank Lampard, he gets a jab every single episode from you. Him and Harry Winks just get routinely battered. Actually, that reminds me. Speaking of people that we give a hard time to, Sean Longstaff scored today for Newcastle among many Newcastle players in a bit of a mad game. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the Champions League then, shall we? We'll, we'll come back to look at the Premier League in a moment because obviously we're going to look ahead to the Brighton game and uh, how things stand. But our next match is Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yes. Yes, Frankfurt. Tuesday. Tuesday against Eintracht Frankfurt, who are below us in our group at the moment, but only goal difference, I imagine. So yeah, they're, they're level on three points with us, obviously supporting top of the group on six. Dave, you said must win earlier. Do you stand by that? Yeah, yeah, I do. You know what? I do. Yeah. <laughs> you do. I, 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 I Just to tem- add a little I bit of pressure. I to revise flavor. it to must not lose, but no, sod it. Okay. It's a must win game. Yeah. You know, you, you guys are on, both on three points. We're running on the assumption that Sporting will beat Marseille. You've got a double header against Frankfurt. You need at least four points. Yeah, that sounds fair. What do we know about Frankfurt? My, my only knowledge of Eintracht Frankfurt is that they have an affinity with Leeds because we both had one Tony Eboa play for us. Oh, really? Yeah, we signed. Yeah. We signed the enemy of the tapping himself. Yeah, the enemy of the tapping, the thunder bastard, Fantastic. maestro. Yeah, the, the thunder bastard maestro. They do also have an aging Mario Goetze in their ranks, who obviously scored the winner in the World Cup final, which I only learned today myself. Uh, and they've got, got a few promising players, but they are actually on quite good form, if I'm not mistaken. And they've won quite a few of their recent games, so I think we need to make sure we don't take them lightly and put out a strong team. Um, Elio, do you see this as a chance to make any kind of rotation? or do you think we'll see largely the same 11 obviously fitness permitting um i mean there'll be one rotation at least with doherty starting i imagine though actually with brighton in mind emerson might start again just mm. to but i think doherty needs the minutes yeah. as well i think if kulazevsky's fit he'll be starting i think we might get a start for Batuma as well to tell you the truth i think we're, yeah. we're getting there whether it's in a two or a three who knows I think the defence will by and large be the same. I can't see too much being different there. So I think we'll see sort of two or three changes, but I don't think it'll be anything wholesale. Ultimately, we need to win this and Conte is picking the players that he trusts the most from those available to him. One player I've seen that we may not be seeing for a little while is Lucas, who apparently had a bit of a setback in his comeback from injury, unfortunately. Yeah, it sounds quite bad, doesn't it? Yeah, that that is a shame. Obviously, Kudasevsky had been injured as well, but at least Kudasevsky will be back pretty shortly. So, it's not as bad as it could have been mm. at this stage in the Champions League group obviously I know it's the Champions League you're always going to take it seriously but are you kind of less enthused about it until you get to the last couple of games until you're sort of staring down the barrel of qualification from the group do you still sort of think ah, we can get away with a draw and we'll still probably be okay in the end or are you starting to get a little bit nervous now that we're a couple of games into um, it I think just for an overall kind of let's try and respond well to the Arsenal results I'm pretty desperate for us to win this in terms of the bigger picture point probably fine got two home games to come afterwards and another away game against Marseille who didn't look up to too much when we played them but 
really I want us to win this. I want to get today out of my system and no better way to do that than to go to Germany and get yeah. full points. You ideally want to be heading into the last game or two with the opportunity to rest a few players, don't you? You don't want to have to be going exactly. full throttle all the way through, but we'll take qualification either way. Yeah. Didn't fancy the uh, the trip to Frankfurt earlier? I didn't. So it's a lovely place. I have not been to Frankfurt before. I wouldn't mind going uh, around Christmas kind of time, but... I hear that their crowds are <laughs> relatively hostile to towards oncomers. Well, why would you go, um, if, they today, you go sure. if they weren't? <laughs> Dave from the Leeds Ultras. Some of the advice given to Spurs fans was to not wear anything when walking through Frankfurt that identifies them as Spurs fans. Wow. Um, I, th- I think that's standard, standard away does, fan Does that include apparel? a miserable face? Standard, standard <laughs> you know away fan. On, on a serious, just touching on the comments to the Spurs fans and, and obviously hostile away crowds, what is the most hostile away environment you've personally experienced? Chelsea, 100%. Really? Um, More than any away game? Yeah, when I was a little kid, when I was sort of 12, 13, walking to Stamford Bridge down a very kind of narrow, cordoned off paving with police separating you from just an army of skinheads. It, it's not fun. Jesus. Um, yeah. Not going to Stamford Bridge. Can't say I'm surprised um, by that either, to be honest. Regularly. To tell you the truth, it, it's not a fun place to go. Dave, what about you, aside from watching Leeds Spurs with us in the pub? <laughs> well, that was just Which sad. Which obviously well, being a Leeds fan in London. I was just there and you guys were just going, sorry, Dave. <laughs> You're putting an arm around you. <laughs> it's going to be okay, mate. Bielsa's going to um, keep us. Oh, no. Oops. Uh, I've had to be very incognito in away fans before. Certainly some mm. games in, in London. I've been the, oh, of course, the sheep. Yeah. The sheep in wolves clothing or either way around depending on whether you think Leeds are meaner than Fulham I don't know uh, but um, <laughs> I think Leeds are meaner than Fulham we've, I've been part of a few hairy moments outside of Ellen Road with the usual suspects Chelsea Manchester United yeah they're generally horrible people aren't they yeah, no turn Somebody needs to do there. something about them. <laughs> Absolutely, they do. And speaking of which, somebody probably needs to do something about Brighton because they're suddenly looking quite impressive. Three all draw today with Liverpool, Good of course, segue. with Leandro Trossard, of all people, scoring a hat trick. Which, how many people triple captained him in FPL you sent earlier? 16. Was it like 17. Outstanding. 16 Honestly, if someone, if someone had shown me that stat and I didn't know, I hadn't spoken to you all day, I would have assumed you'd been one of those 16. No, though. he that was on my bench. A Dave <laughs> choice written all over it. Yeah, that also, that also sounds like you to, be fair. To, bench, to bench the guy who get a hat-trick but also as Brighton have had a great start to the season they're, and they're actually scoring a lot of goals which is something that they've not really done before and obviously I think there, it's a weird period isn't it because no one really knows what to expect with the manager having left and he's such a huge part of their identity and how they play Elio are you scared of Brighton right now I mean when you've just lost and played poorly you're scared of anyone yeah. aren't you um what do you expect from them I'm going to give you the same answer I give you every time. I don't know why you keep inviting, asking me <laughs> this question. Can I guess? But... Can I guess what you're going to say? You're going to say I look at their Go team on. and I look at our team. I wouldn't take any of their players in our starting eleven. If we want to be taken seriously as top four contenders or even title contenders, we should be beating a team like Brighton. But we're Spurs, so we might not. How did I do? One hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> word for word, it is as simple as that. Mm. And I know football's not played on paper, which is the part you missed out there. Actually, so you lose a point oh, there. I, but... I hate myself for that. <laughs> I should have known that. But 
But you know what? They are on form. We are away to a side that are three points behind us in the league with a game in hand. Yep. They do play good football. The very good thing about the state that they've been left in by Potter is the fact that he's left them with an identity as well. So mm. they did bring in someone, didn't they? It was, oh, what's the name they have. manager? Dave, you'll notice. They have. And he's a guy He's a guy who's quite highly rated from the Serie A, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Was he a Sassuolo manager or something? And they were scoring a hell of a load of goals. Yeah, it's Deserby. It's Deserby. Right. And yeah. um, Sassuolo, a team that I've overachieved in Serie A mm. for quite a bit, considering back when I was a kid, I'd never heard of Sassuolo. Yeah. So um, so he's come in and he, I imagine he's going to have a bit of a if-it-ain't-broke approach. They've got good players. Trossard is a good player. Mm. Alexis McAllister is a guy I like quite a bit. They've got centre-backs that have played together and know each other very, very well. So Estupinian is a really, really mm. nice wing-back as well, actually. Uh, so so they've got a lot going for them and yeah. we're going to have to play well to beat them. I think we will play well. And I think we will and beat them. Pascal, Pascal Gross has reinvented himself as a, an attacking midfielder slash striker all of a sudden, as Man United found out, which I don't think anyone really saw coming. That's all a little bit bizarre. Uh, Dave, as our chief opposition scout, what can you tell us about Bryson? You look confused there as if you didn't well, realise you'd been assigned that responsibility. Well, yeah. I assure my, you, you have been. Uh, no, I, I did. It took me a second, but I did remember that that was my job title. Um, <laughs> yeah, chief troll. Um, interestingly, Deserby, I don't know if anybody else has seen this, but he is a slightly fat, slightly older, goateed Freddie Prince Jr. Just saying it. Just saying it out there. <laughs> Um, uh, As in, if someone saw him and they hadn't seen Freddie Prince Jr. in a while, they'd be, could be forgiven for mistaking. Yep. <laughs> Love doing Scooby Doo, yeah. man. <laughs> He's let himself go a little bit. <laughs> Got a few too many Scooby snacks. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, not to quote Jurgen Klopp because I mean, I'm not Jurgen Klopp and I'm not Liverpool, and I should have done a bit of research on Deserby and his previous games and his previous tendencies at different clubs. I don't know if you know this, but Klopp said we didn't know what to expect with Brighton, so. Apparently. <laughs> so basically, Scout, you've done as much research. I've done the amount of research that Liverpool did. Okay. Uh, and, so, do you uh, think Spurs should send some spies in, Bielsa style, to watch their yeah, training yeah, sessions? Yeah, maybe get the get the. That would uh, be a good idea, wouldn't it? Get the get the binoculars, or as Frank Lampard would classify them, wire cutters. Um, don't know how you cut wires with <laughs> binoculars, but anyway, whatever. Well, whatever. He needs to. We, we you know, will see. Sort his diet out and get some hair anyway yes Brighton it's going to be a case of keeping doing what you're doing it has to be and I think any manager that came in and said shove all your medals in the bin you've not won anything would be insane for any club but specifically for Brighton right now because they are flying high in the Premier League and they're doing a really good job and you know they've they've sold big but they've also recruited well and it's almost a little bit like when Ranieri inherited Pearson's Leicester he could have changed it all mm. and it could have all gone wrong, but instead he kind of just kept it going and kept like gradually nudging them in the same direction and they won the league. Mm. Um, I'm not saying Brighton are going to win the league, but I am saying that yeah. if Deserby backs away and lets them be, yeah. let, let Brighton do Brighton, then I think they'll be fine. And I think that there's every chance that they could actually end up with European football next season, which would be an incredible achievement for them. And I'd really like them to say the truth. Obviously, notwithstanding, I want us to win next weekend, mm. but they've lost Basuma, they've lost Mope, and they've lost Kukurela, yeah. who I think most people would say were... They're three key players in terms of going forward last season. And yet their football is just as good as it was. Mm. And actually, taking Neil Mope out of the equation seems to have been <laughs> yeah. the key to them scoring goals. What a shocker. So... Who would have known that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like Neil Mope. I think he's a good player. But... Um, <laughs> but... 
You're not buying that, Dave. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> it was like he didn't even believe himself as he was saying it. <laughs> oh, good. I mean, he scored one more goal than I anticipated him scoring for Everton, so fair play. Mm. Yeah, I go. mean, if you can score in an Everton side, then you can't be completely awful. True. They don't I mean, score Frank many. Lampard's his manager. <laughs> Under De Zerbi's tenure, Sassuolo was praised for its footballing style, coupled with overachieving results, which led to the small Emilian club to two consecutive eighth-place spots in the Italian top flight. That's not bad for a team that I'd never heard of until a few years ago. He's obviously knows no. what he's doing. And from what I understand, he does like to play with wingbacks as well. And I think the Brighton set is probably not a million miles from the style that he's accustomed to. So I can't imagine they will change too much. This is absolutely a key point in the whole footballing pyramid and the way that the way that the world works big yeah. clubs and and unfortunately i may have to factor you into this i'm afraid spurs mm. fans big clubs it almost feels like you don't have a plan in terms of a long-term plan of what you're going to do next and you sack you uh, or you know Mourinho leaves we're not chelsea you sack, sack Mourinho. ryan nelson's there for a little bit there's a murmuring that he might actually get the job ryan nelson the, it's the, not, the not, ryan, Nel- not ryan nelson yeah, that guy, dave that guy that guy no, ryan no. mason sorry um, yeah. uh, he gets the job for a little bit <laughs> ryan nelson would have done an equally great job by the way i love the guy <laughs> um uh, but uh, but then obviously you jump to nuno and that doesn't work and then you jump to conte now bear in mind conte probably was the plan the whole time but you couldn't get him um, but Brighton will have known about Deserby for years. They will have had conversations with him months and months and months ago. This yeah, was the guy this that was they coming, knew was they? going to be the yeah. continuation of the way that needs to go. It's, what, it's how smaller clubs need to work because they can't just say, yeah. oh, crap, we haven't got a manager. Who's free? Oh, I don't know. Just Let's just give Ancelotti yeah, this 50 won't million be a shock. Quid. It's not. It's not how yeah. it works anywhere under the big clubs, and therefore they, they probably have started to talking to him it. as soon as Nuno got sacked. They probably started talking to him, thinking, "Uh oh, Spurs could be in for our manager now." Because <laughs> there was a lot of Maybe. talk about it at the time. So Maybe. who knows? Uh, um, and I think, and I think it might have been even earlier than that, to be honest. Because I think, I think yeah. these things, these sort of things happen with a phone call and a conversation about football, talking about the football philosophy that someone has working out whether they align with what your ultimate the ultimate plan is for mm. the team and then if that is the case it's it's you know i don't i don't want to say that everybody's tapping up everybody but everybody is tapping up everybody because that's called having a conversation and having a network it's the same thing yeah. as being in a recruitment and having a conversation with somebody who works in a different recruitment company you talk to them yep. you talk about the work you talk you about what they're out. doing you find things out yep. find what their skills are find what their weaknesses are see if they've got a similar mm. fit and then when the time is right have a more serious conversation. And that's essentially what's happened here. So we had a plan at a point, And when we've kind of been most consistent in the way we try to do things, the types of managers we target, et cetera, et cetera, has always been when we've had a director of football in place. Essentially, we had Frank Carneson initially, but he did a good job quickly and Chelsea went and took him. So in came Danny and Camoli, mixed results. He's more of a glorified head scout, but he found some some good players for us. Obviously, he brought Gareth Bale into the club as well, uh, but he did largely botch the Martin Yol situation in the end. And then Juan de Ramos failed so spectacularly that Kamali had to go with him. Harry Redknapp obviously would never work with director of football, but as soon as he left, in came Andrew Vies Boas and in came oh, the Italian fellow that was with Capella for England. I always forget his name. Um, I know you're talking about. So, so the B. Baldini. He was with us a few years anyway. Baldini, yeah, Franco oh, yeah. Baldini yeah. did. 
did a good job again, put some good structure in place. But Pochettino uh, comes in, works with him well for a good season. But then Pochettino very much sort of when Baldini decides to step away from things, decides that uh, he doesn't want to be a coach anymore. He wants to be a manager. So once again, away from the director of football model, which we didn't bring back until this summer, last summer with Paratici. So hopefully Paratici can give us that continuity yeah. again and some identity because Levy's not a football man. Levy, Levy knows far more about running a football club than every single Spurs fan that criticises him combined. However, not you though, he's not really... Not me. Just great but I don't criticize him. <laughs> <laughs> but he is not a football man. He's a money man. Parity, he's a football man. And at such point that Conte leaves, which he will, um, hopefully it's as a success, not as a failure, so that Paratici does not fall on that sword and he can bring yeah. in the continuation. The problem is that, and this is part and parcel of the big club situation that Dave alluded to, when a manager fails, it's not just him that gets the can, it's the people that said, oh, that guy's going to be a good choice. Let's mm. bring him in. So they tend to go with him so, too, yeah. and you rip up the book. Maybe it should be the case that actually the director of football gets the second chance. Maybe yeah. the director of football should get the chance to succeed the manager. As long as we're not in dire straits. All right, Juan Day was getting us relegated. So obviously, Kamali had to go. He lost Berbatov and Keenan, replaced them with Fraser Campbell and Pavlyuchenko. I mean, masterstruck, idiot, sackworthy. I, I think. I think that's an interesting. It's an interesting point that we, you talk about ripping the book up when the director of football goes, because I think that's another issue that is a big issue that I don't understand why it is an issue in football clubs. Why is that the case? In the same sense that Brighton have been talking to Deserby, why haven't Spurs had tentative conversations with well, maybe we have. three of the three of the best directors of football in the in in world football? It's certainly you know what I certainly well, I don't I don't know you haven't. I'm just basing it on previous, which I think is a fair mm. point. But it's quite close to the top of Leeds' agenda at the moment because apparently Victor Orr mm. is one of the front runners to be the new Chelsea director of football. Um, oh really? So, okay. so we are uh, obviously thinking about oh crap, what's going to happen next? Because you know a lot of what we've done and Jesse Marsh and and everything uh, that's that's come since Jesse Marsh has always has been like. Victor Orta's guy, Victor Orta's team, Victor mm. Orta signing. But to be honest, so was Marcelo Bielsa, and that worked out. But that's exactly what we're asking now. We're saying, you know, we know Victor Orta well, has four or five different names for every single position if we need them. Do we have four yeah. or five names for Victor Orta's position if we need it? Well, I guess two things on that. First thing is that, um, and I don't want to get dragged too much into a discussion about something none of us actually know particularly much we about it all the time, we'll we humor you that's fine <laughs> that's but, what that, that sums up this podcast isn't it isn't that essentially our tagline greatest pundit in the world mm. um num- so number one how many directors of football are there how many good directors mm. of football are there how many of them are either available or would consider leaving the clubs they're with because if they're good and fancied in the market then the clubs are probably doing pretty well at that point and do all their styles synergize anyway they may all do things very differently to each other there's very few football clubs in the world compared to i don't know retail banks so it's not quite as easy as just swapping a coo around number two though um all right very few football clubs operating at that level yes can i say uh, it's yeah, probably more football clubs than retail uh, banks 
<laughs> All right, football clubs operating at that level. But number two is, once again, the people appointing that next director of football, if indeed they even intend to. You're once again back to the non-football people, the money people mm. who don't know that world. It's almost as if you need to have a director of football. You need to have a, a director, director, of, of, director, director of, of football. Director of football. <laughs> and then we just end up in director of football inceptions and you get technical <laughs> directors and sporting directors and all of a sudden Leonardo DiCaprio is just going nuts and killing everyone. <laughs> Elio, I think you'd make a fine director of football. I think you should brush up your CV and try your luck. Uh, I do find it funny when, I, was it a couple, of, a couple of years ago when Rio Ferdinand was like the favourite to take the new Manchester United director of football job? <laughs> What, what is was, the world was that just to? media nonsense, though? Or was there anything I mean, to that? I mean, I really I can't for, speak. For Manchester United's sake, and I've never said that before, I hope wow. it was just media bollocks. Because that is mm. insane. That's like, you know you know how hard you work to be director of football at York City, and then you get the next job, and you get yeah. to be director at Sheffield United. And then you work really hard, and you're successful, and you get the job at Leeds United. And then you get a yeah. senior job in the FA. That's all thrown out the window. Some just <laughs> wanker who just knows a few people in media, knows a few people at a club, yeah. suddenly gets a big job. Frank Lampard. <laughs> it's like when some celebrity gets to release their own fashion label just because they're a celebrity. <laughs> you know, people have worked their whole lives. Exactly. To to I'm point. working my arse off over here as a, as a junior fashion designer trying to make my way. Yeah. And Molly May is just dives in there <laughs> and steals my, my money. That was my money. Well, we've well and truly reached that point and- of the podcast where we start talking absolute nonsense. So I strongly suggest we, we do start to move on quite shortly as much as oh, I've loved. I've had a real valuable contribution. <laughs> I, know, well. I know you do. And all your contributions are valuable. So it, we have to be ruthless sometimes i'm afraid and move things along but while we're here if you want to see more nonsense you should follow us on twitter and our twitter handle is at plus dave podcast and we're 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 getting quite close to another milestone we're we're creeping up on the 1500 mark i'm resisting the urge to post one of those attention-seeking tweets saying please follow us we're so close but please do follow us because we're really close. And it's nice to see more people paying attention to our Twitter. And you can also follow our individual Twitters as well. You can follow me at plus Dave Dags, where I say all the things that I don't want to post on the main account because they're maybe too controversial or too opinionated, or I think Elio is going to call me out publicly. Um, you can also follow Elio at Elio underscore P underscore THFC. Elio, what can our listeners expect from following you on Twitter? <laughs> what kind of content might pop up on their timelines? Um, I'm a bit of a seeker of truth and justice, so I tend <laughs> not to. I tend not to get that embroiled with sort of run of the mill stuff. I'll put the odd comment about what happens, but really, I'm more likely to respond when some snotty little Arsenal fans <laughs> comments gets commented on or liked by someone else I follow on my tweet and I'll see how ludicrous it is, and I can't help but nibble and um, <laughs> yeah. Re- basically tell them how stupid they are would it be safe to say that you tweet um, when you're angry do you allow yourself a cooling off period or or are you quite um, impulsive with the tweets i think i was quite so what did i tweet today after the match (laughs) i would i said this would be so much easier to take if Lloris hadn't made his usual big game mistake granted we didn't react well but that doesn't help red then killed us may as well have watched the film for the last 30 see why it was given don't think a red shirt would have seen red though um, so I think that was a uh, fair Conspiracy tweet. theories aside, I think that's fairly measured. I, I think that's you, you could have done a lot worse. If you'd like to follow Dave, you can follow him at Fantasy Dave. So nothing X-rated on there, despite the name. What can listeners expect from your tweets, Dave? 
Well, I mean, I've ju- I, 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 just, I just panicked and, and quickly searched what my last three uh, interactions <laughs> on Twitter were. And you two, in the crosshairs two now. Of them, two of them on you. Were, were trolling you, Dags. So that's, yeah, that's, that's that sounds fine. right. That sounds yeah, yeah. part of the cost. And the other one was asking uh, a Legion United fans in what was worse, a sausage house, Tyson Fury's words, <laughs> not mine, or a cheeseburger douchebag, uh, which, uh, which, is, which is a phrase that has been used by a Manchester United uh, uh, vlogger. Uh, quite recently. Yeah. I imagine regular listeners will be in no way shocked at that being the general content of your Twitter. They're used to listening to you on here. That sounds very consistent with the Dave we we listen to every week. So yeah, please follow Good. all of us. And uh, on that note, just another thank you once again to everyone who listens every week. And I think it's been a couple of weeks now. We obviously took a week off with the international break, but our last episode was actually our most listened to episode to date. Obviously, we've said that a few times now. We keep on breaking our own record. More and more of you are listening to us. So uh Thanks, really. Thank you, everyone. It keeps us going, especially on days like today where the last thing we want to do is talk about football. It's always good to know that there are people out there who care and listen and want to know what we're talking about, what, what we think about Spurs. What <laughs> a trophy. Exactly. Um, which one of us has the most followers on Twitter? I think it's three fairly well, pathetic numbers. In fairness, I'm the newest to Twitter. I am newest to Twitter. Let me have a look. I'll tell you. I think I've got about 150. I have 98. I'll tell you now. So if you're listening right now, go and follow me. Two people follow me right now. Get me up to triple figures. Are you two even following me? I am following you. I hope you are. I just Uh, double checked. Thanks, Dave. We would have had some serious words. Obviously, I was following you because I need to hear what you're saying so that I can troll the shit out of you. Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) How many do you have, Dave? One, two, five. So it's it's the Elio show. Celebrity. Have you got a blue tick yet? I think you're, you're getting there. Me? <laughs> it's got to be close. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, please follow us. I'm surprised us. I haven't got... I'm, uh, this sounds ridiculous, but I'm surprised I haven't got more. Speaking of trophies, we were... <laughs> I went through and I counted. We were the fifth highest downloaded Spurs podcast in the UK last week. I don't know how many there are. Maybe six? Dust off the cabinet. <laughs> in, all, in all seriousness, I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> in all seriousness, there are quite a few. So that is more impressive than it might sound. So uh, again, <laughs> thank you everyone who continues to thank listen God every that week. that sounds more impressive and than it sounds. You're, <laughs> yeah, th- thank God. Uh, you, you love a stat that you have to explain why it's impressive. That's how you know you've really made it. Um, well, look, as your treat for listening to us week in, week out, to all of you who are still here a good hour into this podcast, we have the return of another favourite this week. And it's been it's been about three weeks now, I think, since the last time we had this particular feature on the show. And it is Challenge Elio. So, I will hand the reins over to a man who I know is very excited about doing this week's challenge. He's put a lot of effort into this and he's been telling us how he's going to be one of his best ones in a long time. So uh, no pressure, Radio, but the floor is yours. Three questions as usual this week. I've slightly varied it compared to the usual. There's actually, I'll tell you from now, there's nothing Spurs Arsenal related, um, which which I think was a good choice. I actually prepared the quiz before the result, but I thought, you know what, we had a Spurs Arsenal question last week, so I wanted to, to move on. So... In the international break, Harry Kane scored one goal. He's closing further in on Wayne Rooney's international record of 53. Harry Kane has 51 and in far fewer appearances too. The question I want to ask you two today is, which other ex-Spurs players 
were their nation's top all-time scorers, and there were six of them. Or the only clue I'm going to give you at this point is that they all played for us in the Premier League era. Six ex-Spurs players, all of them their nation's top scorers. Only ex-Spurs players, no current. No current, all ex-Spurs yeah, players, goes, all their nation's all-time goal scorers. How many six? goes Sonny. Mm. I'd like to start by saying that's a great question, Elio. I like that. Yeah, I like I'm that. A, I'm and I'm also writing names down, which is a step yeah. up from last week. Okay. <laughs> Who gets to go first? That's the real question. Happy for either of you to go, I'll go first. first. I don't um, first. All right. Fair. Go on then, Dave. Go, Let's have your first guess. Robbie King. <sighs> Absolutely. Easy points there. This should be a fairly quick question. I don't think any of these answers oh, don't say are that because particularly I, out there. I, I was planning on saying Robbie Keenan, and for some reason I naively didn't think Dave was going to say that first, when I should have known that was obviously going to be his first answer. Let me think. So they were. They might, they're not necessarily still. Um, no, no. They are. They, they are, are currently, their but they're ex. Yeah. They're cur- yeah. Um, Otherwise, I could just reel off all the various ex- England's top scorers that were also Spurs yeah. players like Gary Lineker and Jimmy Greaves and Vivian Westwood. Vivian Woodward. I was going to say yeah. Vivian Westwood. Vivian, <laughs> Vivian Westwood is entirely Vivian Westwood and Ryan Nelson Vivian, just Vivian. <laughs> getting weird mentions on this podcast. <laughs> we're, we're becoming old men now. Yeah. We're beginning to mispronounce players' names. I, I, Turning I, into I, like uh, Jack Charlson and David Pleat. My dad calls Matt Doherty, Garrett Doherty on occasion. Yeah, yeah understand. I'm, I'm sure he's not, not the only one. Okay, we're buying time while I try and think of an answer. So, okay, so country's top scorer. Um, this is a tough one because we've had a lot of rubbish forwards over the years. I'm guessing it's going to be a forward. Christian Eriksen's not their top scorer, is he? He's not. No, that was a good no, guess. No. I don't think it was good that guess. good a guess, Dave. You're kind to say so. But. I did well, look at him just in case. Longevity is what, 31? Yeah, fair enough. He could become, but I, I think he was quite a way off, um, and there were quite a few players ahead of him. My go? Uh, in that. I you guess can it tell is, yeah. Until I've got some more names, can't you? Oh. <laughs> My go? Oh, okay. You're, you're going to wipe uh, the floor with me with this one, Dave. I'm going to go with uh, a man we mentioned one or two weeks ago. Oh, I've so just thought of one. Surely second. No. What? Surely Shevchenko. Shevchenko. I nearly said Rebrov, and then I, I thought of Shevchenko. I thought Rebrov might have just had the longevity. I'm going to go... And uh, I'm not entirely confident about this, but I'm going to go with Pavlyuchenko. No. Nah. He is actually quite yeah, high up the list as well, up but... as well. Who is that? Do you know who their top scorer is? Ashwin? So for Ukraine, you are right. It was Shevchenko. Yeah, that's and sure. who was it for? Ashwin? Russia. Wait. No, no, no. It was someone <laughs> further, further back than, than either of them. Um Okay. I mean, Pavlichenko, I think, was fourth from from memory. Okay. Top goal scorers. Yeah, Pavlichenko was fourth. He's actually a current Russian striker. I think he's still just about playing. Artem Zuba. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, the big, big oh, lump up front. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Bit of a Yang collar type. I'm almost certain this is wrong, but I want to say it just for the it's memes. Not your um, <laughs> can I, it's wrong, Dave. I, I can say it anyway. You no, can no, get no, the no. Point. Wait, wait for Dave to have his go. You, you can be patient. Play I'll rules. wait my turn. Okay. I'll wait my turn. Because imagine if you got it right by accident. <laughs> exactly. Imagine if you got it right. Um, Berbatov. I'll forfeit the points. Oh. Berbatov is correct. Oh, of course he is correct. Of course he's correct. Um, I don't want to say mine now because Dave has two points, so I need to actually put one forward that I'll might... i tell you, just say your joke one if you want. Ronnie Rosenthal, the rocket... I did actually check, <laughs> did but no. That makes me feel better that you felt the need to check just in case. <laughs> um, oh, a lot. 
a lot of research went into Good. this particular question just to make sure I didn't miss anyone. I feel like we need to do it justice then. Um, All right, oh, I, I am now. officially out this. of names now. Um, um, I'm struggling a little bit myself. I don't think we're quite at clues yet, though. It feels a bit embarrassing to resort to clues right now. Okay, so we've had Robbie Keane. Berbatov. Oh, we Berbatov. Berbatov is correct. Keane and Berbatov, yeah. the strike yeah. partnership. Yeah. That's won us our last trophy. What a trophy. You're noticing that. Um, right. How are you doing, Dave? Do you, have you got a guest lined up for when no, I fail I this one? I don't. Um, how many were there together? Six? Yeah. And they're all Premier League all era? All Premier League era. Yeah, all Premier League era. Ooh, um, I mean, there's so many more internationals now than there were back in time. I of feel your... like this is a long shot, but Jürgen Klinsmann? Nah, he nah. was high up yeah, the list. There's but... going to be... Good, but maybe good. like Miroslav sure like closer, like maybe, or... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah sorry, yeah, good. obviously Gerd Muller is going to be miles out ahead, isn't he? Um, Klinsman has an exceptional international record. I think he has something like 48 and 117 or something like that. Hmm. But, yeah. This is a tough one. Dave? I'm at the point where I'll be happy if I just get one. I, I, I have no names, so I'm going to need a clue. Okay. Oh, it's, just, it's such a good I mean, question. I hate that I'm, I'm doing so to, badly at it. It's good. It's a good question. <sighs> There's clues that, all right, one of these players could be argued to be his country's greatest ever player as well. Obviously, Ben Wallace or could probably make that. Yeah, he could make that argument for a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, actually. I imagine top goal to scorer is probably... Does this have to be an ex-Spurs player? Yeah, ex-Spurs player only. Yeah, I mean, they are all ex-Spurs players. Right, no so, current ex-Spurs so players. Son is not a thing. No, no yeah, that was the first one I but thought of. Not, Son's probably not going to end up the South Korean top scorer what? either. Really? Yeah, seriously. He's he's quite a way away. Do they, have they played in one of those groups where they play against amateur like, plumber teams and they win every game 26-0 and someone's just banged in a whole load I of I mean, them. not quite, but there's a lot of poor Asian teams. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Oh, I've got one. Emmanuel Adebayor. Adebayor is correct for Togo. So that's three. Was that was that their greatest ever player? I don't know if he is, I, but I was actually talking about someone else when I, I, I said this. I couldn't name another All right, here's Togo a clue. Player. Two of the other players in this will have played for us with Adebayor. Ooh. Okay, I have got one, but I'm going to let Dave, Dave go. I'm pretty confident on this one too. I mean... If you get it, Dave, I'm going to be really upset because I don't have another one. <laughs> I really... <laughs> All eggs really are firmly in one basket. I'm now trying to think of another okay, one. Okay, something's... Okay. This is definitely based on longevity. Mm. And it's I think I know who you're going to say. Total guess. Clint Dempsey? Yes, that it is Clint Dempsey. That's the one I was going to say, Dave. Is that what Dave? you as well? <laughs> That's the one I was going to say. When you, when you I said... I feel like he was... When you said the longevity thing, I thought you were going to say someone else, who I'm now going to say, although I'm pretty sure it's wrong, but... No, he's definitely I'm wrong. gone. No, no, I'm not going to say Imagine it. Imagine if he's right. Imagine if he's right. <sighs> and then you say it next, guy. No, it's... Hang on, let me have a little think about this, just in case. I mean, Dagus, right now you're just trying to draw level with Dave on oh, this. Oh, okay, no, no, I've got a better one. I've got a better races. one, although actually I'm not convinced about this one. Maybe Gareth Bale? Gareth oh, Bale is correct. Because he must have yeah, got some competition. Goals. He's got some, yeah, but going back, what, Ian Rush? John, John Charles didn't play enough games for Wales. Yeah, but Wales were very bad yeah, for a very long yeah. time. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't say the one I was going to say now because oh, that's mate, much that's better. A, bet. It's a great shout. That is, I, I really thought that would have been the first that's one. The, either that's the country's the greatest truth. ever player one, is it? Again, debatable. Yeah, yeah. Debatable. Well, I reckon there would be. I did say debatable. Yeah. 
Yeah, Ben Davies would have a word to say about that, wouldn't he? <laughs> Speaking sure. of which, did anyone see the Greg's post comparing footballers to some of their products? And they said that Ben Davies was the, the cheese and onion bake. It's like, not the sexiest choice on the menu, but gets the job done. <laughs> Something dependable. along those lines. Dependable. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's it every time. Right. The remaining yeah. one is relatively hard. Mm. Relatively hard. So I will give you a clue. This player has also played for Chelsea. Hmm. See, that, that, that now go, feels like... It's my go, is it? It feels like it should mm. be obvious now you've said that. How many players have played for both teams? More than you'd think. Yeah. No. I feel like every week there must be so listeners is screaming like, is it, is it, is it, is it a massively, massively random like country? In the sense that it's, it's not a player that it's not it's not it's not it's not a, a European major elite. Are we about it's to disrespect? France, are we about to disrespect a country <laughs> by calling them massively random? I think that's okay. If it's I like mean, you know American Samoa, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to sleep at night. <laughs> Their top scorer probably has the one goal. You, I, I tell you what, the point you've just made will come back to bite all of us in the ass when you see who the player is ever so slightly. Okay. And that in itself is a bit of a clue. This player was only at Spurs on loan. Interesting. So majority of what we would know of his career was at Chelsea? We're we're fishing for more clues now, aren't we? Okay. I I mean, no, he he had some other pretty big clubs where he won some significant trophies with as well. Hmm. And we would all know it would have. It was, it a, was it a marquee signing when when you got him online? <laughs> Dave, not, I love I love how you're just like quiet. you're I'm slowly trying, trying to get Elio to spell out the answer I'm, for I'm you because you know that neither of us has a hope in hell of getting this. Said, no clue. Um, Absolutely, I, no I'm clue. really I'm really stuck. Um, am I am I winning? By the way, let's have, well, let's take this opportunity to add it up because I, I got I got Bale and Adebayor. Yeah, you got Dempsey and Keane. And then who was the other one? Have you been writing these down? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> of course of course you haven't. Of course you haven't. Um, I think we might need Elio's help. I can't remember. We're, Elio, we're trying to work out. We're just trying to work out who's got, we, we got. We've come up with two each that we've both got. And I can't remember who got the other one because we've named five, haven't we? Okay. So you've I named uh, Dave's Adebayor and named Bale. three, actually. Oh, he's named three. Uh, and Dave, okay. Dave named um, Robbie Keane, obviously. Oh, and yeah. Dempsey. And who's the other one that Berbatov. you named? Oh, Berbatov. Berbatov, yeah. I keep forgetting Berbatov. Okay, okay, right. Play for Chelsea, was on loan at Spurs. I would love another clue, yeah. Thought you'd never ask. All right, this player has um, played with some of the following stellar names in football. (laughs) Gareth Bale, Didier Drogba, Mm -hmm. Lionel Messi. (laughs) We're staring at you like, yes, yes, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Next. (laughs) And been managed by Jose Mourinho and by Pep Guardiola. So he played. Okay, him, I don't remember this person Barcelona. playing for Spurs, but based on everything yeah. you've just said, my guess yeah. is Idigo yeah. Johnson. No, it, of course it Johnson. is. That's amazing. Did he play for Spurs? He did. That's brilliant. He Dave. did. 
That is well done. I mean, no one, no one didn't get it. Is he Icelandic? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. He's Icelandic. He's their joint yeah. top scorer with 26 goals in 88 games. He played for Spurs. He, um, yeah. he was on loan with us in 09-10 to help us get over the line to qualify for the Champions League for the first time, scoring one goal in the process and generally being a bit of a Rolls-Royce of a player whenever he did so, take so the that after, yeah. So it would have been after Barcelona? Yeah, we learned mm. him from Barcelona. I saw what you mean about biting off the arse now. We're calling back to Euro 2016. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some insignificant <laughs> random nation. Yeah, very good. Very good. Great question. <laughs> That's a strong start. Did you think we'd take that long cool. to aim all six? I mean, good I, I thought the only one you'd trip up on was good Johnson. Yeah. I thought the other ones would have come a little bit faster. All right, all right, they mate. did. Ah. We've asked questions. The man answered. Right. It's fine. Question two. The next question is based on the fact that we have our Champions League match coming up against um, Frankfurt. Here we go. Playing German opposition. It's the first time we've ever played against uh, Frankfurt. Not German opposition. I remember being hammered by Bayern Munich, as I'm sure you do too. I also remember being knocked out of the UEFA Cup in 1999 by Kaiserslautern with George Graham inexplicably dropping Ginola for the away leg after Ginola was the only reason we'd won the home leg. Um, the the man hated Ginola. I think he was jealous of his hair. That makes perfect sense. It's the only explanation. That make perfect sense. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe Terry Venables said that he liked Ginola more than George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that also we makes have sense. Had, we have had no fewer than four German footballers in our time in the Premier League. I'm not going to ask you to name them because oh. they're fairly obvious. Um, I could have done that. They're Lewis I mean, Holtby, Stefan <laughs> Freund. <laughs> Lewis Holtby, Stefan Freund, Jürgen Klinsmann and Christian Zieger. You could, we could have done this podcast for 10 years, like live mm. 10 years, and I would not have got Lewis Holtby. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean just sat here for 10 years? Yeah, to think we about could have it. sat here yeah. On, on live streaming for 10 years. Well, thank God for Elio. Well, yeah, thank God for Elio. A lot of people do say that. Um, it, it's, uh, it should that be already. Um, thank God for Elio. That should be the episode title. <laughs> um, so, Ziga, Klinsman, Freud and Holtby. Yep. Um, I have 13 facts here. I'm going to read out a fact. You guys can tell me which player that is each time. And it's just going to be a buzz around situation. I don't want you just racing through all four. When one person's answers, that's their answer. And if they've got it wrong, then the other person gets one go and one go only. Ziga, Klinsmann, Freud and Holby. Yeah. Write their names I down because Daggers especially I've you. I've already forgotten. <laughs> too busy trying to find my buzzer app. <laughs> oh, wait, I need a buzzer. Oh, never... Hang buzzer. on, I've never done a buzzer. Wait. Oh, I, I just, I've I just really I'd uninstalled my buzzer app. So, Klinsman, who's that guy? And Freund. Wait. Oh, yeah, there it is. What's Dave's one? It better not be the same, one. Dave. I don't have one. Oh, okay. How does that sound? So, you're going to do that every time? I'm going to do that a lot. Get ready for it. Wonderful. <laughs> I mean, I'm ready. Okay. This player. Missed the Euro 96 final due to an injury he picked up against England. Klinsman. No. <laughs> it's only one other, isn't it? Zieger. No, no you're both it's wrong. Freund. It's Freund. Klinsman didn't... Hang on. Klinsman didn't play against Klinsman England. Played. He missed the game against England, didn't he? No. He missed... Exactly. Yeah, he missed the game against England, was... but came yeah. back into the final. Okay. We're not losing um, points, right? We're on minus one each. <laughs> this player finished his career... 
with Leicester City. Lewis Holtby? Incorrect. Dave? Uh, I'm going to go with Stefan Freund. It was Stefan Freund. This player won a trophy with Spurs. Go on. Damn it. Stefan Freund. Yeah. It was Stefan Freund. Is the answer always Stefan Freund? (laughs) When in doubt in life, the answer is always Stefan Freund. This one has two answers. My Bundesliga career began with Schalke. You have to get both players to get the point. And if you get one... I'm going to go with Holtby and Klinsmann. Incorrect. And I'm not going to tell you which one of those was right, but one of them was right. Yeah. So, Dave... I think I know which one was right. I'm going to go one with Holtby. Guess. Two players. I'm going to go with Holtby and yeah. Ziga. That's right. Incorrect again. It was Holtby and Freund. <laughs> it's Freund. I was sure on Holtby. I was sure on Holtby. It's, it is, it's Freund, isn't it? I think this is just Elio's way of telling us that he loves Stephen Freund. <laughs> I hate Stefan <laughs> Freund. Um, I won two Bundesliga titles with Bayern. That's Klinsmann. Yep. Incorrect. Oh, come on. Incorrect. Don't even say Stefan Freund. I will Dave. leave. Zieger. It was Christian Zieger. I preferred your last question. I feel like I feel like my job in this round is just to wait for Dags to blow his words. <laughs> Inevitably give the wrong answer. <laughs> give the wrong answer. <laughs> Just to defy statistics entirely. So, not including caretakers, I appeared under the most permanent spares managers. I'm not doing it this time, Dave. Ziga. <laughs> Run. Klinsman. Under oh, are you three. not going to give me a guess? I was going to say Freund, to be fair. Oh, sh- I was going to say Freund. <laughs> <laughs> I admire your honesty. Yeah. I'm saying Freund for every answer from now on. It's served Dave quite well. I have the most German under-21 goals. Stefan Freund. <laughs> no, Damn. it is not Stefan Freund. That would be hilarious uh, if it was. Holtby. I didn't even hear the rest of the question. It, was it goals? It, it was. Yeah, it was goals and it was Lewis Holtby. If Stefan Freund had the most German under-21 goals, that would be an outstanding stat. I'm actually disappointed. <laughs> That's still a good stat, though, that it's Holtby. This player has played Premier League football for three clubs. Uh, Ziga. It was yeah. Ziga. Liverpool. Which Spurs, one of those Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, very good. Yeah, absolutely correct. I have scored in two League Cup finals. Mm. Go on. Ziga. Ziga again, though. Slight trick there. The one for Liverpool was a penalty. Oh, really in a shootout. Tri- in a shootout. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. That doesn't count. I'm not giving Final take the point. Surely I've won. Yeah, it's I think there's one. But I want yeah. to hear the questions anyway. Throw the, towel, hard on throw the towel, Dags. He's dead already. <laughs> this this is like Spurs after the red card. 2-1, 3-1 down. Last 30 minutes. I'm going through the motions. I'm just, I want to see it out for the sake of it. Two answers for this. And this might let Dags have a way back Ooh. in because there'll be two points if it's correct. It would have been the same for the other one, but neither of you got it right. Um, I have won two UEFA Cups five years apart. Go on. Jürgen Klinsmann. And. Oh, and. <laughs> and Christian Zieger. It was Klinsmann and Zieger. Have I just pulled level out of nowhere? Those are your first and second points <laughs> of this round. Don't how, know. how is that even statistically possible? Like, 
genuinely, if I was trying to, oh, if I was trying like, to lose, I think I'd have done better. It's like wow. scoring in you the 86th to, minute. Dagus, if you get every other question right, you can still How win How many more rounds. questions are there? Wow. I'm not complaining. I'm just, uh, I kind of want to be put out of my misery on this round. This player scored his penalty versus England in mm. Euro 96. Oh, I know who it is. Go on. Ziga. Yeah. It was Christian yeah. Ziga. Absolutely. Do you remember that shootout? Every single penalty the Germans took was unbelievable. They were all like smashed in yeah, the top corner. To be fair, so were ours until Gareth. It was not a good penalty. Mm. Anyway. I played the fewest league matches after leaving Spurs. So all these players have had a career of sorts after they left Spurs. Mm. This player played the flu. Go on, Dave. Go on. Freund. Incorrect. Dagus. I'm going to go with Klinsmann. Mm-hmm. So, Jürgen Klinsmann actually retired after he finished playing for Can't us. Can't get any better. Yeah. The World Cup with Germany. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> Saved us from relegation. Scored four against Wimbledon. Retired. But five years later, he came out of retirement and played in the fourth tier of United States football in an amateur league for the now-dissolved club, Orange County Blue Star. Brilliant. Is that where he became a helicopter he pilot? He played an entire eight matches for them. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't who am I. It kind of is. It kind of is. It's like an outrageous. So you got that one right, didn't you? I did. Well done. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a virtual the delivery on that. <laughs> well done. You got one right. Good try. This player won the champ. <laughs> this player won the Champions League. Uh, oh, Dave was just about to go on then. I was going to say Ziga for what it's worth. It was not Christian Ziga, so it's over so to it's you, over to me. Um, I mean, it's too obvious. Is it too obvious? Seconds. I'm gonna. I've got, I've got a feeling about Stefan Freund. It was yeah. Stefan Freund with Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, was that nine? No, was that ninety-seven? Do you remember who they beat in the was final? It Juventus. Who did they was beat? It Juventus. It was yeah. one of Juventus' many lost finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I think they lost two finals in a row. I think they lost the next year to Real Madrid. I remember watching it. I don't remember much about it, but I think did Matias Sama score one of the goals? I don't know why I'm asking you. Like you'd know. He did. Yeah? Sammer was an amazing yeah. player. I loved watching Matteo Sammer. Right, only two questions left. This player won both the World Cup and the European Championships with his country. Go on, Dave. Klinsman. Yeah. It was Jürgen Klinsman. I was trying to, I, I said it so confidently, and I was like, hang on, that's obvious. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, this player could have played for England. Go on. Who was that? Who got there? Oh, sorry, Dave got there first. Oh, it's got to be Lewis what Holtby. What is this? He's a very squeak. Surely. It was Lewis Holtby. <laughs> the suspiciously named. It's got to be Lewis, Lewis Charles Brigadier III Holtby. <laughs> Lewis Yaya City Holtby. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a one, two, three, four. Resounding yeah, Dave won. We all know nine. Dave won. That's a FIFA score. That's <laughs> nine, four. You should, have, you should have professional found me a couple of times and taken the two nil. Elio, it will entertain you to know that on my first game online on FIFA 23, I won 10 9. 10 9. The realism on that game. Yeah, absolutely. You, have you ever um, played like a like a 45 minutes each way game on FIFA? Oh my god, can you imagine? And it, and it ended uh, I, when I was I've young. Done it, I've done it before when I was when I was a kid and I played against my friend who was similar ability and it finished 2-1. Mm. No, it didn't. No, it <laughs> no, didn't. I'm not even I refuse. That no, is a lie. I refuse to believe that. I'm not that. even lying. It was a war of attrition. 
<laughs> and it finished 2-1. Wow. wow. I'm impressed. I massively regret buying FIFA this year. <laughs> I've had it for one day. I wish I had never bought it. And because I downloaded it, I can't even return it to get a game I actually like. Um, Next week, FIFA quiz. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> FIFA giveaway so, from Elio. So, all right, we're going to get shot. We're going to get so, pulled off the air yeah, by big FIFA. We are. Yeah, we're going to have some lawyers we show are. up on our doorsteps. So, is it Who Am I or have we got another one? It is now Who Am I. This is just for pride for you now, Dagus. Oh, and good. let's face it, Dave's going to win. It's all <laughs> so, no pride. pride to be spoken of. Okay. Minimizing shame. I have played. <laughs> exactly. I have played under Glenn Hoddle, Alan Pardew, Roy Hodgson, and Harry Redknapp. You're making me write a lot of things down. Pardew, Hoddle, Redknapp, and Roy and Hodgson. Hodgson. Not necessarily in that order. Who, who's guessing first? Who Can knows? I guess first, given that I've already lost? Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know. Danny Murphy. Great guess. It is not Great Danny guess. Murphy. It has got clubs in common with Danny Murphy. Mm. This player could have played for Trinidad and Tobago. That feels like it should narrow it down a lot, doesn't it? Um... Mm. It's on to you now, Dave, isn't it? Yeah. I haven't got an answer. Okay. Daggis, do you want to have a stab anyway? Hold on. If Dave's passing. Um, Jermaine Defoe? It is not Jermaine Defoe. That was the person I'd written down. Good guess. Uh, <laughs> okay. I have won promotion from the fourth, the third, and the second tier of English football and have scored in all those seasons as well, which means I have also both played and scored in all four professional leagues in English football. Scored in all four professional leagues? Also scored in the Premier League, just for what it's worth. Mm. And I think Division 3 in between that as well, which was a bit weird. Is this to me now? And everything above. Yeah, this is your question. Hmm... That question is throwing me now because <laughs> somehow it feels like it's wide in the pool. No, I've got not got nothing. Dave, have a go. No, I haven't got a guess. I feel like this is the sort. Of, that's the sort of clue that I usually expect to give the answer to Dave. <laughs> yeah, that's mm, a very Dave's clue. That. That definitely I is. Guess, yeah. Nope, nothing from me. No, I, uh, nothing from you. I have been a runner-up in both the FA Cup and in the Europa League. Hmm. I know we always ask this question, but when you say Europa League, it is Europa League and not UEFA Cup. Could be either. <laughs> it's that competition. I think I know. Right. But I believe that this on, was when it was called Europa League. Go on, Dave. Let's it's Dags' it. question. So oh, is let's it? Have, my go? Let's Ooh, see if pressure. Dags Okay. Make, let's have a think about this. Dave has said he knows who it is, so you might just want to throw out a random name. I hope Dave hasn't got it because I've got a lot of really good clues. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Let me think. Um, oh, I'm really striking out here. No, I've got nothing. Not even close. Come on, Dave, let's have it. Do you want a clue before you guess, Dave? Or do you actually want to forego your clue and just have a wild guess? Um, I'm just going to guess. All right, go on. I think it's Bobby Zamora. Oh, it is Bobby right. Zamora. Very good. Fantasy Dave does it again. <laughs> that's why they call him Fantasy Dave. <laughs> no one could be that good. Oh, I'm no, now I'm annoyed because I, I feel I'm, like... I'm, really, I'm, I'm actually quite happy with that one. Although, to I be honest, would be. I'm not going to lie to you. Didn't realise he played for Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> that just so makes it even worse. Yeah, yeah go on then. Let's have the clues. Because of Dave. Zamora, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> You're learning today, Dave, aren't you? Yeah, he is learning. <laughs> because, because of you, Dave, we have a lot of clues to get through here. So, two England caps, both under Fabio Capello. Okay. Played Fucking Premier hell. League football for four London clubs. 
he scored 28 goals with previous clubs, two seasons running with two successive promotions and a season in the championship. And that's what spurred us on side mm. He graduated from Senarab, the academy that also produced Jermaine Defoe, Sol Campbell, Ledley King, John Terry and Ray Wilkins. Right. His only Spurs goal was against the club that we sold him to, which was West Ham United. He signed for us in 2003. He finished his career with the club that previously said um, promotions and eventually most league appearances. That was Brighton. He is six foot tall. He was born in January 1981. He has four ex-clubs currently in the Premier League, obviously West Ham, Fulham, Spurs and Brighton. Brighton. One club has a song cruelly pointing out how his shots end up in row Z. Well, Do you know the lyrics well, to this song? Yep. Uh, Dave was about to give us an accurate <laughs> rendition. No, no. We were, we, I remember when he played for Fulham, I was. Uh, I had a season ticket. It was uh, when the ball hits the goal, it's not Shearer or Cole, it's Zamora. That's uh, okay, QPR's version was decidedly less kind. Um <laughs> He briefly went out with ex-Page 3 girl and glamour model Nicola Tappenden. Great bunch, great bunch of lads. <laughs> I still would have said Defoe after that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And, and this was probably my favourite stat. Chloe Kelly, who scored the winning goal for England in this summer's European Championships 2022 final, said that her top-off goal celebration was inspired by Bobby Zamora removing his top to celebrate a goal when he... Got promoted many, many years previously in the player final. Oh, good yeah. So I quite like that one. So, Dave, it's three out of three this week. You have absolutely brutalised, I guess. It's, it, it's the biggest landslide since more wine, this more morning's often. North London derby. I should obviously drink this more wine. This is like wine, a 9-1. One. Yeah, clearly. That's that's where I'm going wrong. Yeah, this is, th- this is less close that. than it was when you were it's up a, against It's a triumph for Rioja over Monster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who says caffeine sharpens the mind? <laughs> <laughs> Well done, Dave. And, oh, and all that did with Elio reading out those several clues was just show how well you did and how many more clues Elio thought we were going to need to get quite a difficult Who Am I? So very well done today. Maybe I should have done them in a different order. Who knows? It's always difficult. I, I speak from experience. It's hard to gauge how well someone's going to be able to guess it. But there's one thing you can rely on is that Dave will always surprise you and do very well. So uh, congratulations on a well-deserved victory. Well, that's probably almost about as much as we have time for today because we have really dragged this out and that was a very good round my audio thanks again once again you have smashed it out of the park and i very much enjoyed that despite the loss which i cannot say about the football that we had to witness <laughs> today um any final <laughs> thoughts anything to add just to the end of this podcast before we say goodbye to everyone eight games in season's far from over today was a blip i am 28 out of 29 days without Leeds United Football Club. So I feel a little bit like a kid on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Who's the I, next I game? Guess, I, guess, I guess the only downside would be tomorrow if, you know, I walk downstairs and I see Stephen Gerrard ploughing Santa. <laughs> uh, that would be a downside I really wasn't me, sure where that sentence was going, Dave. Um, I'm yeah, sort so, of so, relieved. So I'm, really looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to football again. It's another I'm way sure of you saying are. it. Well, maybe and just that, for you, we'll do a tomorrow. bit of a... Maybe we'll do a bit of a Leeds review the next game, just you know, just so you can indulge in it a little bit. If we win, we can bit. talk about it. 
Yeah, if we if you win, yeah, you have that luxury. We have to talk about our games win, lose, or draw, unfortunately, as we demonstrated today. But hopefully <laughs> next time you join us, we'll be talking about two wins. So we've got a lot of games coming up with the festive period closing in. We're gonna have a lot of games to talk about. So we hope as many of you as possible join us for that. We'll be looking back on the Frankfurt and Brighton games and talking about Leeds if they've won the game as well. So hope to see you all then. But until then, Can't you wait. stay classy, Spurs fans, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.